Yeah, here, we're fine. Hey everyone, you got Mike here. Welcome to Get in the Garage. Uh, this is the second part of what will be a uh, two-parter for the first, say, like A-B episodes of a new segment we're doing called Get in the Shed. Um, you know, sometimes, as I'm sure Luke had stated in the episode that he recorded, uh, you know, it's difficult for us to get together sometimes because work can be uh, kind of taxing for us. Uh, there's a lot of required overtime and stuff, and it's difficult some weeks to get together to record the podcast, which is kind of a drag sometimes. But, you know, that's real life. We're grown-ups. We have grown-up problems, so what are you going to do? But, um, yeah, so this week it was interesting because uh, Luke <clears throat> basically tasked me with listening to two different albums. Uh, there's the album by the band Sacred Trust, which is called We Became Snakes, and then the band called uh, The Damned. Their, I want to say it was a 1977 release called Damned, Damned, Damned. Um, I'll have to, as I'm talking to you guys, I'll have to look it up and see exactly what the year was on that album release. Um, uh, I'd like to start off, I'll probably start off just by talking about uh, the Damned record. Just on the basis that like it's probably the album that I have the least to say about. And I don't mean that in a bad way by any means, um, as much as, um, it's just kind of like that album, I feel kind of like just stands for itself, um, early punk, uh, yeah, Damn 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 was released in 1977, um, I mean, I really dug this band, uh, and this album particularly, um, I, I had heard of the band The Damned, but, um, I, I never really, like, gave them a fair shot, I wouldn't say it's because of a, uh, disinterest or a dislike of the band as much as it's I mean it's the same old thing that's basically like well you know if nobody in your sort of musical stratosphere is listening to particular bands then you know for me in other words a big influence to the bands that I listen to depends on the people that I'm hanging out with that say hey man you should check this band out you should check that band out and being like, I mean, we've said on the podcast before, like, I am I was much more of, like, the the metal guy, uh, Luke, very much the punk kid. Um, I think that's why maybe I never really gave him a fair shot. Also, it's early in the morning, so you'll have to ex excuse the rasp in my voice. Um, so, yeah, I, th I, I mean, I thought that Damn Damn Damned, solid album, uh, 1977... Uh, very much in the early sort of punk rumblings. Uh, what I thought was interesting is the fact that they're an English punk band, and to be honest, like, full disclosure, I really don't care for the English punk. Uh, I know that Luke shares sort of a similar opinion. Uh, I, I don't think he doesn't like the English punk. I think that his preference is just mainly American punk and, um, like, early hardcore, you know, Black Flag, obviously, Misfits, etc. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would say that I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it, though. Um, I thought it was just solid, just a solid, solid album. 
um, I heard a lot of like uh, Ramones influence, um, a lot of uh, say like T Rex style influences too. I mean, there was a little bit of that glam kind of sprinkled on top. Uh, I mean, it's it's like we talk about with the Ramones and stuff you know, all the time, which is basically like, yeah, I mean, I guess they're categorized as a punk rock band, but to me, it's just another incarnation of rock and roll. Um, and I just thought that this album really delivered. Um, I made it a point not to listen to what Luke had recorded in terms of his opinions on these albums and stuff, just so that way we could try to get like two different fresh perspectives. I mean, Luke is really, really well versed and knowledgeable about just the history of most of these bands and stuff, whereas I my my musical nerd knowledge kind of lies in like a different a different arena. Um, I, I looked them up a little bit and, um, you know, it seems like they were just part of that, you know, um, part of that scene in, um, in the UK at the time, uh, hanging out with, you know, people like, you know, the Sex Pistols. Um, I did come to find that, um, they actually did open for T-Rex, on T-Rex's final tour, which I just, I, I kind of love that, I don't, maybe I'm romanticizing it a little bit, but it's kind of like when I, you know, when you hear it, and then you find out that, you know, okay, yeah, they did tour with T-Rex, there's sort of this kind of like handing off of the baton kind of a thing, I think, uh, like the rock and roll legacy continues from one, you know, one band to the other, uh, and I found that, and uh, they actually had like some weird like lineup things uh going on like they tried to recruit Sid Barrett at one point um and then they ended up getting like Nick Mason on an album um it's just interesting that a that this kind of a band when you listen to it you do definitely don't think of Pink Floyd you know uh and then to find out that there's kind of a mingling with the Pink Floyd guys I just found that to be really fascinating um, but it just goes to show you that I think that like good music is good music, and I think musicians, no matter what walk of life they're coming from, can you know you know you just can acknowledge okay yeah this isn't something that I play, but this is good music you know and uh, I think that's kind of that kind of speaks for itself. Um, there was some uh, let me see here yeah like I was as I was looking it up. There was uh, also Lemmy from Hawkwind at the time, I think, and then Motorhead. Um, you know, the, he kind of like came in the picture as well. And then um, it's just, I don't know, it was just it, it just interesting to kind of learn about this band not knowing anything about it. Um, in terms of the music itself, like I said, I, I thought it was really, really good. I mean, neat, 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 the opening track to the album, killer, fan club, great, I fall great. I mean, this is one of those albums that I kind of looked at when I listened to it, very much kind of like, uh, okay, yeah, totally different genre, I guess, but like, it's like the first Rush album, the first Boston album. It's just one of those albums that when I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, every song is great on this. Like, it's, I, I it didn't upset at all. I found that the album delivered completely. Um, again, I apologize for my lack of knowledge <laughs> on the, on this band, but, um, you know, like sometimes we do, it's, um, Luke will make a suggestion for an album or something like that, that I'll listen to and I'll just go in as a novice. Um, and, uh, 
you know, give it a shot and just take a listen and, uh, and, and give you kind of like a, a beginner's viewpoint or a novice's viewpoint just to just the music. I mean, I love, I love listening to bands and listening to music and then finding out more about them. I think that's always like a lot of fun to, uh, to just find out about the people um, and that uh, that's where I think you begin to form sort of like this emotional attachment to the band. Um, but this very much was just kind of like, okay, yeah. And Luke was just called me. I was on lunch one day at work and I was like, Hey man, I don't think we're going to be at the you know, be able to get together this week. Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, Hey, well, why don't we just do like these two, this two part mini episode kind of thing. I'll give you a rec- two records to listen to. Just listen to them. Let's not talk about it. Just listen to it, and we'll record two separate podcasts talking about what we think about it. Um, and I thought that was cool. It was a fun idea. And um, the get in the shed thing is definitely something that going forward on weeks where we can't get together, we're definitely going to make an attempt to try to record, at, if not two, both of us doing it separately, then at least one. You know, so you know we're just trying to keep content consistent for you guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't really feel like I have much more to say about it, uh, as much as, I mean, I think it was just, it's another one of those albums. It's like, I mean, like, it's like the first Ramones album, you know what I mean? Like you just can't go wrong. Um, early punk too, which is something that I really like. Um, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of when things go into the 1980s. Uh, I'm very, very particular about my punk. Uh, I, I mean, growing up, I, I, <laughs> I grew up in the in the era of like your Green Days and your Sum Forty Ones and your, you know, uh, uh, the real Big Fish and the you know that stuff. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, it's pop punk kind of stuff was when I was growing up, uh, but it doesn't, in my opinion, my personal opinion, I don't really think it stands up to the early stuff, I think the early stuff is the best stuff, you know, Ramones, uh, etc., so this, this album, like I said, it, it, it does, it just, it delivers that, it just checks that box for you, and, um, I really liked it. Moving on, though, um, the Saccharin Trust album was kind of like, uh, what the hell are you making me listen to <laughs> for Luke, um, like I said, we really didn't discuss any of this, and um, I I listened to maybe like the first minute and a half of Luke's podcast just to just quality assurance and all that stuff, you know, just to make sure the the audio sounded great. And if my audio doesn't sound great, you can kind of hear the room and some birds chirping. It's because I have to use a different microphone, and I apologize for the quality difference. But um, Sacred Trust, really weird band. Really, really weird band. This album, We Became Snakes, uh, released in 1986. Um, I don't think Mike now really likes it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I think that if you were to talk to me maybe like five, six years ago, or maybe even like eight, nine years ago, especially when I was really, really into Mahavishnu Orchestra, I think I probably would be giving you a different opinion altogether. Um, it's it's an interesting album. It's interesting, because you don't, like, when you hear about this band, Saccharin Trust, and how, like, they opened for Black Flag, they were signed to SST, um, you know, which had Black Flag and the Minutemen on their label, you would expect it to be something in that vein, 
what you end up getting is something kind of entirely different. And, um, I, I mean, I don't know if this is an album that I would just put on to listen to casually, but I will say that given the fact that it was recorded in 1986, listening to the album, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought that it, I don't know, I guess I just, uh, I, when I thought about this kind of music, it kind of began and ended in in my brain with uh, like Mahavishnu. You know, obviously you have the experimental bands like uh, Emerson, like and Palmer, your Yeses, your Genesis, you know, all that stuff. But really, kind of like that, really sort of like bizarro kind of like <laughs> I guess maybe you'd call it like alternate reality type sound, like feeling about it. Um, it gave you a lot of those kind of like ugly weird chords that you would find in jazz but because it's not sort of this um you know it's not kind of a traditional jazz ensemble it and it's like through the medium of like the 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 four or five piece i think they're they're four piece the four piece band like drums bass guitar vocals uh it was really I don't know I I dug it I dug it I liked it I, I I mean I I I I listened to it and I'm like okay I'm good you know but ultimately I like I said I I felt pleasantly surprised by it just in the way that I was like oh it's cool that like a band from 1986 recorded and released an album that was so experimental and really, really pushing it, and yet they were opening for like Black Flag and the Minutemen. So that is where I thought it was really strange. Uh, plus, the saxophone kind of came out of nowhere for me. I was like, at first, I was like, is this a guitar? And then I kind of like leaned in and I listened, and then eventually, obviously, I mean, just by the recording itself, it, it is revealed to the ears that obviously it is a saxophone, but. Um, yeah, just very John McLaughlin-y, even like the first, I think it was the, yeah, the actual, the first, the opening track, um, on, on the album We Became Snakes is the, um, is the song We Became Snakes, and even that, what I thought was so far out about it, and kind of, for me, sort of nostalgic, is it sounded a lot like, um, I think it's Meeting of the Spirits, it's the first song on the Inner Mounting Flame, which is the Mahavishnu Orchestra album, I mean, really, like, kind of ominous, uh, tension, mood-building sort of introduction, and, you know, you have, like, the gong thing, and, I don't know, I mean, I don't really know uh, in terms of where Luke is going to come, uh, in terms of the angle of Saccharin Trust, I, I would assume that he's going to kind of come out of it from the angle that is like the Black Flag Minutemen, that sort of uh, a, a vibe, but I did not hear that. I didn't hear it. Well, I mean, okay, there's a touch of it, you know, in terms of like the drum sound, because it's still 86, right? So the production quality itself does sound of that era however i don't know i i heard mahavishnu all day long the 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 weird kind of like searching guitar solo lines and stuff um even the format sounded very much like that where it was kind of like you had the specific riffs and the specific lines that would be played like in other words if you were to go see them live they would hit like all the landmarks in the song of like the melodies and stuff like that but everything in between um i don't know if they would play the same if the same song would sound the same played twice in a row uh, i you know but i would assume that it wouldn't 
as far that's to say that like they would like I said they would they would hit certain lines and points within the song to establish that okay this is this song but I think in between um, they might just leave this kind of open space for improvisation and uh, and stuff like that um, another interest I mean they're 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 an interesting band like uh, again this is another band that's totally out of my comfort zone but that's totally in Luke's comfort zone in terms of his knowledge of music and everything especially this scene like the SST label scene um you know like the the early hardcore post hardcore punk sort of uh, american kind of uh, musical movements and stuff um it was weird man it was pretty pretty weird like i, I don't like i said i mean i don't hate it and um I think that I don't think that We Became Snakes is their most popular release. Um, I think what was it? Yeah, eighty one. They released an EP, Pagan Icons. It's called. Uh, that seems to kind of be in terms of like the accolades that they had earned. Uh, it seems like that was probably the most uh, famous one. It was in uh, Buzz Osborne of the Melvins. Uh, I think it was like a book that he he wrote. Um, and it was what Kurt Cobain's, it was like one of his top 50 favorite albums or something. Um, so I mean, interesting, definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I dug it. I, I was into it. It, they, they, in the setting of the scene that they were in, maybe they didn't necessarily make much sense, but, um, I think that, uh, musically what they were delivering uh, was important probably to the scene as well uh, you have bands like Black Flag and Minutemen which can kind of give you that sort of aggressive kind of vibe I mean especially Black Flag I mean super aggressive um, so this I think was was interesting because I mean like let's face it right we get stuck in our lanes so often you know and we're like well I'm a punk or I'm a metalhead or I'm a this or I'm a that and sometimes it's to a fault in the way that we don't really pay attention to any other forms of music or any other possibilities uh, in terms of melodies or harmonies or uh, tonally, any, any you know, stuff like that. So um, I think it would have been a really, really interesting show to go see Black Flag and then see Saccharine Trust open for them because it's kind of like maybe if you were like a, you know, like a hard, like a hardcore punk who just wanted to go see Black Flag and get some aggression out, you know, goes and sees, like, Saccharine Trust, and then next thing you know, a couple months later, maybe they're listening to Miles Davis, or maybe they're listening to Mahavishnu, or maybe they're listening to John Coltrane, or something like that. So, I mean, I think it's kind of cool that this band um, could have been, may have may definitely have been uh, kind of a door that opened up, or, you know, opened up musical doors and tastes uh, for people who may have otherwise just kind of been, I don't want to say the word stuck, but I hope you understand what it is that I'm saying, where it's just like, you know, you kind of just get stuck in your lane, you know what I mean? I was a, in my youth, I was a devout metalhead, and I had very, very strong opinions about what kind of metal I liked, and what was real metal, and what wasn't real metal, and like posers, and all, you know, and it's just kind of like, I found that once I started exploring different different uh, types of music uh, gave me a much better and more well-rounded view of not only music but the world you know and the 
and culture and what it means what music means to people and 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 that it's just another expression of like the same feelings it just manifests in different ways you know so um so yeah saccharin trust really cool band check them out we became snakes uh that was uh their they had three studio albums 84 surviving you always 86 we became snakes and then they got back together in 2001 uh, to do um, The Great One is Dead. They had some comps. They had some live albums, uh, two live albums, one in 85, one in 89, um, and then that EP, uh, Pagan Icon. So, um, yeah, I would definitely suggest checking them out. If you are into... It's interesting because, like, if you're into, like, Luke is, like, into the, the Black Flag, like the SST kind of scene, they're definitely approachable in that way. Uh, if you, But if you're like me, where it's very much... Um, steeped in the like the uh, the early prog rock stuff, especially the experimental John McLaughlin kind of stuff. Um, you can hear that in it too, you know. So it's uh, it's interesting. I'm interested in hearing what exactly Luke has to say about these albums. Um, I'm sure he has a lot more to say about them than I do, just based off the fact that he has like this wealth of knowledge of this scene itself. Um, <clears throat> but I dug it. I thought it was cool, you know, and I would definitely. I mean, I definitely recommend it to to anybody. I think it's, even if it's not your cup of tea, it's worth listening to. I mean, there's plenty of music that's like that that's worth listening to, even if it's not your bag. But, I mean, you know, it's... When I listened to it, I heard the influences of Mahavishnu. I heard the influences of maybe, like, Frank Zappa. I heard the influences of, of just the prog rock stuff, you know. And, I mean, it's no secret either that a lot of these bands... Even though what's funny is, is I think the birth of punk music was very much an anti-statement towards uh, this sort of grand kind of um, prog rock. Like, you know, uh, hard rock had become this big stadium sort of ruling monster. Um, <clears throat> especially, you know, you figure like the the early stuff, the Hendrix and all that, that slowly evolves into the 1970s where Zeppelin gets huge and then you have the the bands on one end, you have the bands like Boston and, you know, um, you know, the Detroit guys and all that stuff and those are those guys are all getting huge and then in, out of the UK, not only are you getting like the yeses and and the prog guys, but you're also starting to get at this point, especially like 1980 to 1986. I mean, you're that's where you're starting. I mean, you're you're getting the the Judas Priests and the Iron Maidens and all that stuff too. So there's just kind of a lot going on, and um, you know these bands, the like Black Flag, Minutemen, Sacred Trust. Obviously, those are the three like big names on the SST label. Uh, it's it's funny how it became how the punk became the anti-rock uh but inevitably it all kind of came around full circle and all the influences just kind of like melded back into this big sort of like rock and roll metal hardcore soup you know so um i mean some people are really really hell-bent on saying well no they're separate they're different things blah, 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 blah. but you know what man i hear guitar bass drums vocals as far as i'm concerned that's a rock band every other subgenreing you want to do or categorizing you want to do that's up to you if you want to do it yeah there's differences right but it's all for me it's all just music and it's either good music or it's bad music you know and um good music is good music like i don't care what the the genrefications and all that categorizing and all that stuff is i just think good music is good music 
Um, so yeah, um, the other, the only other thing I wanted to speak about too with Saccharin Trust, probably the one thing I really didn't enjoy about it, which is probably not, <laughs> if you listen to it, it might be the the thing that you're kind of okay with is the thing that I wasn't really digging was just kind of the vocal delivery. I mean, I like I liked the fact that it was kind of like poetic and uh, more like talking and more speaking on rhythms. And yes, you have sort of a melody with how you speak, but it's very much like talk singing rather than actual vocals. There is uh, there is some singing on it, um, but I think the majority of it was very much just like. Um, like more talking but I mean this is what you're getting into with a band like this like if you listen to the instruments you really think that the vocal delivery is going to be normal of course it's not like it's going to be something different and I thought it was effective but it's just not really my thing like I'm not I don't know I like good melodies I like you know as much as I love like the crazy experimental stuff I love like the crazy progressive stuff and I love Mahavishnu right um vocally this album just really didn't deliver for me uh and it's all personal preference like and i can i can dislike an aspect of it but still respect it you know and that's kind of where i'm at with this <clears throat> excuse me this album and um you know I, I i dug it all in all just the vocals kind of just i don't know they weren't uh they weren't really for me um i i i think luke thought that i would maybe not really jive with this album at all um just based off of like when we had our conversations just when he's like hey man check this band out and i listened to one of the songs and then i called him on my next break and i was just like what the hell are you making me listening listen to man you know and he just started laughing and it was it was pretty funny but once i did a deeper dive on the album and actually gave it a fair shot listened to it from beginning to end um yeah like i said i was pleasantly surprised just given the fact that it came out the year that it did and it has the sound that it has um the drums recorded on it i wasn't like a huge huge fan of the production quality of the drums i still found it would they were a little bit kind of 80s in that regard they were a little bit i don't know if it's the right word to say like a little bit tinny i mean it doesn't sound like john bonham's kit it doesn't sound like ginger baker's kit you know it's not that it doesn't have that kind of like warm analog sound although i'm sure the album was recorded kind of in the old school analog way or some sort of hybrid way because uh, it was 1986 but i don't know i just the drum tracks the production was you know it was okay it was okay but i didn't love it it, it didn't go as far as some of the 80s drum tracking goes where i just really am like ugh, just disinterested in the way that it sounds i love like drums that are up front and super warm and like i mean if i could if i could give you an example of like my favorite sort of drum sound um would be like ringo stars kit on uh coming together like that's the that's the sound that i like i like that like warm damp sort of kind of sound uh, in the 80s things changed a little bit and you didn't really you know i mean some did obviously but i don't know it just wasn't uh it wasn't my favorite but anyway i hope that was an okay one it's uh it's a little weird doing this by myself i'm just, like sitting in my sun porch just kind of like watching the birds and stuff fly by so i'm trying to <laughs> trying to like imagine that i'm maybe talking to that the uh the blue jay that's on on the uh the maple tree out here but <laughs> Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. This is kind of a new thing for us. Um, you know, it feels a little unnatural kind of doing things by yourself. But, um, you know, I'm sure it'll we'll get used to it. But 
Um, we have we do have some fun things planned uh, for for next week for um, for the for the podcast. We're actually going to be able to get together this upcoming week. Uh, we have a couple of special guests that we're really excited to have uh, from other podcasts. And um, yeah, I really hope um, that you guys uh, enjoy this. And if if you do like it, if you do like this format and stuff too, if you could just you know let us know because um, you know we like doing it. We I mean this is. Um, as much as we hope it's kind of an outlet for you guys to like listen to stuff and just like listen to us kind of r- the mad ramblings of uh of uh mu- music fans uh you know i hope that you guys get as much out of it as we do um and uh yeah any suggestions of anything that you might like to hear us talk about especially in this setting where we're trying to do two separate episodes where we we listen to albums and then we really don't even talk to each other about it and then record a separate uh a separate episode two separate episodes each and then we kind of like listen back to it and uh you know i think that's kind of a fun concept a fun idea um i would really like to kind of continue doing this kind of thing and uh yeah we're gonna call it get in the shed so this week guys get in the shed i've been mike thank you so much for listening you can find us on all social media platforms uh get in the garage podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us and just let us know you know what you think uh if you're an apple podcast listener uh make sure to subscribe and uh give us however many stars you think that we deserve i guess but five would be great (laughs) but if you do that if you like or if you subscribe rather and you actually give us a rating uh it helps uh, the algorithm know like, hey, people are listening, people dig this show. So uh, all all feedback is absolutely welcomed and appreciated, even if it's constructive criticisms or anything like that. You know, like it's uh, we try to curate a space of love here, and uh, you know, it's a it's our musical community. You know, and uh, we're just using the podcast as our platform to try to build a, a musical community. So uh, yeah, uh, we're always available if you want to contact us or talk to us, or if you want to like maybe uh, come onto the show or something like that. You know, we can zoom you in, uh, call you in, whatever. Um, so yeah, let us know. And until next time, guys, get in the garage. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Make sure to share, like, and subscribe to the Get in the Garage podcast, now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, and a bunch more. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or email us directly at getinthegaragepodcast at gmail.com for any questions or topics you might like to hear us cover. Thanks again, guys. See you next time. Get in the garage.